This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. and welcome into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmery alongside Monty Spiller. K-State has reached the bye week, but they had to take care of business against Iowa State. They won 10-9. They finally have reached the bye week. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah, it was an ugly, well, I'm not going to say ugly win, but offensive-wise, it wasn't what we wanted, but a win's a win. A win is a win. K-State now improves to 5-1 and one overall, 3-0 and oh in the conference. We'll recap that Iowa State game, and we'll also give our midseason grades in the second half here on the Friday Walkthrough. We're sponsored by our good friends at the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com and wherever you get your podcasts as well. K-State gets out of Farmageddon with a 10-9 win. I don't think... Anybody saw only 19 combined points being scored in that game. You're right, and I'm going to go ahead and put it out there now. You and I both were way off on our <laughs> <Way> predictions. <off. laughs> <laughs> Not even close, but moving on. Don't live in the past. <laughs> yes. But, no, honestly, I knew both defenses would play well. Had no idea how well both defenses would play. And it took a lot of plays uh, for the offenses to move. We, they, we moved the ball decently, and I felt like our defense – had a bend but don't break early, and then we got into our groove and we pretty much shut Iowa State down like I expected us to do, and we got the win. But, yeah, I figured there'd be more points on the board. It was shocking because you're just sitting there waiting for K-State to score. You're waiting for Iowa State to score. I mean, you're right. It was that bend but don't break mentality for K-State's defense in the first half, and um, you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, well – Iowa State's had the ball for the entire first quarter. <laughs> Felt like it. But somehow K-State's winning. Yeah. Somehow yeah. They, they hit that long pass to Phillip Brooks, which um, Adrian Martinez, we'll get into all of this, but Adrian Martinez, I thought, played one of his better games throwing the football. Um, he looked comfortable. He was making those throws. He was making plays. He finds Phillip Brooks. And then in the se- in the second quarter, finds Malik Knowles on basically the exact same type of play. Mm-hmm. where they, And then he obviously gets stripped at the one-yard line. Things were not going K-State's way, but the reason why they won this game is the defense, and so that's yeah. where I want to start because I, I was so impressed with that defensive game plan, and we talked about it. We've talked about it before, but it felt like Joe Klanderman said, we know that we're better than you, yep. and we're going to run our stuff, and if you adjust to it, we'll adjust, but we're going to run our stuff and make you try and beat us. And we did, and that's a good thing about it, and another thing that kind of impressed me we showed that we have depth on the defensive side of the ball even if a guy was tired if a guy got injured um 
situational football down in distance. We had different guys rotating in, and there wasn't a drop-off, which is good. A lot of teams can't do that. You get the first guys go in, but if a backup comes in, there's a drop-off, and usually that guy gets exploited. But like you said, Coach Klanderman came out with a plan. We imposed our will, and we showed people that we can win a football game on the defense side of the ball, and that's going to play uh, big dividends going on moving forward in the season. So Josh Hayes wins Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. The second week in a row, a K-State player wins Defensive Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Khalid Duke won it the week before. He comes out on the first series of the game. <laughs> in comes Desmond Purnell, the Topeka Hayden alum, mm-hmm. comes in, steps in admirably, does a really good job. Did, yeah. um, or Kleiman said on Tuesday they didn't really change the game plan much when Des Purnell came in, but you had to think that he does things a little bit differently than Khalid does. Khalid is a lot bigger. He has a lot more experience. Mm-hmm. They're just different players. But, again, that's that same position that they play. And I thought Des Purnell came in and did a great job. But Josh Hayes in the first quarter, I think he had eight, qu- eight tackles after the first quarter. It's like, is this guy going to get, like, 20 tackles in the game. He was running all over the place, and he really had an outstanding game. Now, you're right. And the, the fun part for me is because normally, you know, you have your usual suspects when it comes to star players on defense. Each week, I feel like a new DB steps up for K-State. You know, week one, uh, it was Savage, and then the following week, it was somebody different. And the following week, you got um, somebody different. And this week, um, it was Hayes, um, and he played phenomenal and and one thing that they all have in common they play fast and they play physical and they're smart players and it's one of those things i saw one play i can't remember what it was towards the end zone um brents was getting on some one of the safeties for not getting over the top and you can see him correcting him but it's one of those things where they agree like all right i was wrong you were right thanks for taking care of me get me lined up but that speaks volumes to a defense that can talk and understand hey you're not lined up properly i'm gonna get you lined up so we won't uh, get scored on I'm excited about these guys. They have taken the, their game to a completely new level once conference play started. We talked about it before the season. This was kind of a question mark was the oh, secondary. It was. It, was, it was probably the biggest question mark of the team. And and honestly, that has turned into an exclamation mark because <laughs> they are playing outstanding. Josh Hayes, his ability, Chris Kleiman talked about it. He played cornerback at North Dakota State. Yes. Now he's playing safety. I want to ask you this as a former D-back. That transition, I think, is a lot harder than people would like to think. Oh, it is. It's funny you ask that because I actually came to K-State as a corner. And uh, Bob Stoops is my coach, and I was a tall, lean guy. And back then, I was tall for corners. Now, corners are all over six (laughs) foot. But for me to be six foot coming in, I was a tall corner. And then I like to hit, though. And so Coach Stoops is like, you like this so much, I'm going to move you to safety. And they did. But it is a different game. At cornerback, you're more of a finesse player. Um, you, you depend on your hips, your speed, and your, and your ball skills. At safety, you have to be a combination of both. you got to have to be able to play the slot, play a tight end, take on the fullback. Um, basically, you're a hybrid between a corner and a linebacker and a little smaller body, but able to do all of the above and do it well. So, yeah, it's, it absolutely takes a lot to transition from corner to safety, especially especially this late in his career mm-hmm. um, as a college player. You know, for me, I was a freshman. I redshirted. I had a whole year to transition. For him to be a corner for three years, four years, whatever it was, and to come in and change all of a sudden and fit in this new scheme right away tells me how awesome he is as a player, and he's a smart player at that. It's, it was impressive because Iowa State was trying to line – him up with Xavier Hutchinson, yeah. <laughs> their their top receiver. And, you know, it makes sense, right? I mean, I don't know if that was from the offensive coordinator standpoint of not knowing your personnel, 
Mm-hmm. But Josh Hayes was a lockdown corner at North Dakota <laughs> yes, State. Was. So if that's what you want to do and you want to put him, I mean, Josh Hayes is a sure he's a safety, but he's also a cornerback. Mm-hmm. And that helps him and that helps the secondary so much. Um, Xavier Hutchinson had a big game. He had over 100 yards receiving, but he never made that massive giant play that he's made before in the past. That's burned K-State and burned so many other Big 12 teams. They really kept him in check for the most part, and we'll talk about that drop on the sideline here in a little bit. But I, I was so impressed with Josh Hayes. I was so impressed with the D-backs because it can be very easy to lose your focus oh, yeah. when you have a guy like Hunter Deckers who was just throwing slant routes, who's just throwing these over routes, who's just their drag routes constantly running across the field, trying to th- really wear out you as a cornerback. And right. that's all they did. That was their offense. They did against KU. That's what they did in the first half against K-State. Um, but I-, I found it very interesting how K-State played them because in the first half, I don't know if you noticed this or not, they decided, okay, we're going to play back five, yeah. six yards off the ball, and if you guys want to run those crossing routes, sure, you can get four or five yards. Yep. In the second half, they completely changed that. They flipped the script. They played press coverage, mm-hmm. and it rattled the quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And, and Coach Klanerman and Coach Kleinman, I'm assuming as well, did a great job of playing. Like you said, the first half, we were bend but don't break. We allowed them to catch everything in front of us. And when they got close to the goal line, a lot of people don't realize – it's hard to score on mm-hmm. the goal line, especially if you're a passing team and you want to get the ball. The back of the end zone ultimately becomes an extra defender, and defensive backs and linebackers know that in case they have guys who are long who can play smart and force you to throw the ball high and make you throw those tough passes underneath when you get close to the goal line. But like you said, Iowa State went in. I'm assuming they probably didn't adjust to pressure or wasn't expecting pressure and we come out in the second half and put pressure on him and the quarterback's running for his life forcing him into some bad throws and we had success and that's what that's what caused that that fourth down play at the very end of the game mm-hmm. you can sit here and say Xavier Hudson dropped the ball because he did but that was not the original plan it was the original plan was not for Hunter Deckers to scramble around like a chicken <laughs> with his head cut off and throw him to the sideline there's no route in the playbook that says okay the receiver you're just going to sit right there and wait for the ball that that doesn't happen yeah. right he 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 broke broke free he was doing his quarterback scramble drill he just so happened to find a soft spot in the zone literally sitting there waiting for the ball not moving his feet at all as yeah. Deckers is scrambling it's almost like he had too much time to think about it. Yeah. And you can sit here and say that it was a mess up on K-State's part, and that's fine. He dropped the ball, but I have to credit the defensive line and the linebackers for forcing Deckers out of the pocket on that play and you know giving themselves a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And as a defensive coach, as a defensive player, as a defensive uh, scheme, you want to make the quarterback uncomfortable. And that's what K-State did. You know, some of the best quarterbacks – they can pick you apart if they're back there comfortable. But when you put pressure on them, you flush them out of the pocket, force them to, to, to roll the opposite direction that their body's not normally used to throwing. It forces them into to bad throws. Now, he made a good throw, um, but the ball was dropped by Hutchinson. But it's the thing, he didn't have time to pick apart us for a better play. If that's the play they were going to make to get the first down, to put themselves in a position, I can live with that. Yeah, we probably had a busted uh, coverage. You know, scramble rule takes in place. Once they co- quarterback scramble, you go from a zone to straight man. I'm not sure who was covering him, but he came free. And luckily for us, he was so focused on getting his feet down in bounds, he didn't secure the ball, and that ultimately gave us the ball back to win the game. And and I want to talk about that offense now because as good as the de- as good as the defense was, the offense was at times a little bit shaky. And yeah. I, I, I would cr- lean to credit more to Iowa State's defense yeah. than I would say that K-State did a bad job on offense because throughout that game, K-State was consistently moving the ball in Iowa State territory. Mm-hmm. 
then what would happen? Oh, here comes Will McDonald, one of the best edge rushers in all of college football. He sacks Martinez. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. There's a third and ten. They force him after stopping the run two times. They force Adrian Martinez to try and make a throw, and K-State has to punt. I mean, credit Iowa State's defense. That defense is legit. But are you worried at all about the offense? Because I'm not either. No. I really do feel like this offense was just one or two plays away from busting some big ones, and they left three on the board with the missed field goal. They left another seven on the board with the Malik Knowles touchdown. Mm -hmm. That's 20 points right there. On top of that, take out the the field goal. If K-State would have decided to go for it, they score a touchdown, you add another four, they have 24 points, and and nobody's even having this conversation. So I know that um, the ifs and the buts, are all you know basically up in the air, um, and people are frustrated about the offense. But I really didn't think the offense played that bad, considering they did. And, and going back to what you said, Iowa State's defense is good. You know, if you look at all their games, they've been holding opponents to under twenty-one points, I believe, uh, all season. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we knew it's a night game. They had the black uniforms on. Uh, they're at home, and they're gonna play motivated defense, no matter who it is, but especially against K State, Foreman Getty. And, and a lot of times, you mentioned the sacks. And if you go back and watch the game, a couple of times it wasn't an old lineman getting beat physically. It was a missed assignment. They didn't slide a certain way. They didn't pick up, and that's stuff that's fixable. You know, now physically, if they were beating us, I would be concerned. Mm. But it wasn't physically. It was mentally what we didn't do, not what they did. It's what we didn't do, and we have a week off to correct those. And in the following week to prepare for TCU, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. There's no panic. If there is, it shouldn't be. The one play that I point to and say that this Iowa State defense is legit is when K-State decided to run the trick play. Because how many times have we seen Malik Knowles, Adrian Martinez catch a snap, hands it off to Malik Knowles, that play goes for 50 yards. That's a big play that K-State hasn't run in a while. They run that same play. They run the same type of motion, and Adrian Martinez sneaks off Mm -hmm. and goes for the pass. Guess what? The defensive end, the backside defensive end, saw Martinez, took off running backwards. To me, that tells me all I need to know about that Iowa State defense and how disciplined they are. Mm -hmm. Throw on top of the fact that the backside linebacker completely flipped his hips once he saw Martinez, and then went back and, and covered him and the backside cornerback saw it as well. So like this de- that defense is so disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Most teams fall for that. Yeah, they're well coached. And we talked about it going into the game. They're well coached. They don't have the same collective group of athletes that they have in the past, but they're still good athletes. And like you said, they're well coached, they're disciplined, and there's nothing that they haven't seen. And with the defense they run, it's prepared to cover pretty much everything if each guy does his job. And that's what they did. And like you said, normally that play goes for a large gain or a touchdown because most defenses are undisciplined. They, uh, they, they flow fast. They get their eyes in the backfield. They're worried about the motion rather than staying home, doing a job, and seeing if something comes back to where you belong. And that's what they did. And they, they kept it to a minimum play. So, yeah, it was a great job by the defense. And, and credit K-State, they did just enough. Yeah, absolutely. And the next thing I want to go to before we wrap up here on the first half, get ready for the second half, I want to talk about the special teams because there was a, there was a point in that game where – Maybe K-State fans weren't exactly feeling comfortable with Chris Tennant coming out and kicking after he missed that field goal, but uh, credit to him, stepping up, Mm -hmm. completely unfazed, drills it right down the middle, gives K-State the lead in the fourth quarter. I think that is something that a lot of fans take for granted now, is the ability to shake off a miss Mm -hmm. and put it right back between those uprights because it happened to the same thing against the Iowa State with Iowa State against KU, and that didn't happen. No. And Chris Tennant stepped up and drilled it. Absolutely. And it takes a lot of courage and and discipline and practice and repetition to to get out of your head 
and let the mechanics take over. You know, a lot of times with kickers, we have a joke, you know, we say kickers got to be different. They're, they're, they're wired different, and they are, and that, that's in a good way. But mentally for him to not let the pressure get to him and let the mechanics and the motions take, take his course, kudos to him. If you look back last, the previous week for um, Iowa State versus KU, their kicker missed, what, three field mm-hmm. goals? Like, that should have been chip shots, and he missed those, and one to ultimately tie the game and send it into overtime, or win the game, I'm sorry, and he missed that as well. But then, in credit to him, he came back and kept Iowa State in the game. Yep. Every point they got was because of him, but no, kudos to our kicking game and our special teams and giving them time to be in position to make that play and give us the win, ultimately. <laughs> Special teams and defense, that's yep. what got K-State the win. They win 10-9, to like I said, 5-1 and overall, 3-0 and in conference. They get the bye week. We'll talk about the bye week, and we'll also give out our midseason grades when we come back here on the Friday Walkthrough. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're sponsored by Part-Time Beverage Company, and we will be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Back in here for the second half. We talked about Iowa State. K-State beats them 10-9. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by Club Special. The second half is sponsored by Cape Cod. Now we get to talk about the bye week. There's no game. All right, we're done. Go home, right? Just kidding. We're going to give you our midseason grades. But before we do that, I want to ask you, is the bye week the best week in all of football for a player? It depends. For K-State this year, absolutely. Um, You know, we got a little banged up in the Iowa State game, and it gives us a great opportunity because normally the bye weeks, whoever we play next, they usually have a bye week also. Luck would have it, TCU has to play a really good Oklahoma State team, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be watching that game to see what they do. I'm pretty sure our coaches will as well. And not saying that we hope anybody get banged up from TCU, but hopefully when we go to Fort Worth, they're not full speed entirely healthy team to give mm-hmm. us an advantage we'll take it how we get it but over the bye week yeah it's a good opportunity for us to rest up heal up to kind of recharge mentally and physically going into the second half of the season that tcu oklahoma state game is going to be an absolute battle yes um k-state will for sure be watching that game i think k-state fans should tune in as well because those are two two teams that k-state plays immediately after back the bye week yeah. so um fun times uh down in fort worth this saturday with k-state oklahoma state but yeah i, I feel like the bye week is coming at a perfect time for this team mm-hmm. deuce fawn comes out of the game on saturday against iowa Ooh. state shout out to dj giddens we didn't even get a chance to talk about him he came in and did a great job rushing the football um Klee duke comes out of the game saturday mm-hmm. we talked about that chris Kleiman said he would be questionable to play if the k-state had a game and all those guys that came out yeah. would be questionable so the fact that k-state is dinged up mm-hmm. i think the bye week just comes at a perfect time 
throw on top of that that K-State will now get a chance to work with some of the younger guys, start to develop them. I think they're going to kind of treat this week almost like a bull prep, which isn't something that K-State's done in the past. Yeah, you hit it on the head with that. That is absolutely correct what happened. And we're very fortunate. You know, I'm not sure going into the season when the schedule makers made the uh, schedule, but the football gods have been smiling on K-State, and hopefully they continue to. But it's a great opportunity to get young guys some reps, get guys healed up, to get more mental preparation, more film study in, and moving forward. And the good thing about it, it is you get to prep for two games back to back since TCU and Oklahoma State play each other. Right. You get to watch film on both. So I guarantee there will be GAs and assistants taking notes um, on each film for whatever reason for TCU and Oklahoma State. So it's a win win for K State. This is a perfect weekend if you're a K State player, if you're a K-State coach, if you're a K-State fan, that game is going to tell you so much. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that next week. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game. I know it's going to be a blast. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But I want to get into our grades here because, like you mentioned, the schedule makers are smiling on K-State. It is the halfway point, and it is the bye week. Mm-hmm. What better time to evaluate yourself than this week? And so I want to start with this. We'll get into the individual breakdowns, but as a team. Right. If you were to give K-State a grade through six games, where would you put them at? B+. Plus. Reason? Because the, the one loss to Tulane, obviously. And, you know, and I give a B plus. If, it, if, it, if we weren't uh, tied for first in the Big 12 uh, with wins and losses, I would probably give us uh, a B. But the plus is because we are in first place. Mm-hmm. So that goes a long way. I, I'm with you. I think I'm right there on that B plus as well. Um, I think it would almost be an A if Oklahoma would be a little bit better. Yeah, you yeah. know that win suddenly it looks like a game that you probably should have won. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. it didn't seem like that at the time, but at the end of the year, it, it, maybe we look back on that game and say, well, K State had to win that game because if they didn't, then they it would have been a bad loss. Right. And so at the time, you don't think that. But uh, if if Oklahoma would have t- took care of business and still have been in the conference race. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you you give the season an A, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it's been a B plus. That two lane loss is going to linger, but I'm not sure K State is where they are right now without that loss. No, it forced us to regroup and kind of look ourselves in the mirror and, and reevaluate what we have. We knew we're you know we played Tulane again, we beat them. You mm-hmm. know, and that's one of those things where we understand we cannot take a game off, and I don't think the team as a whole did, but there probably were some players at times, you know assumed that we were going to just you know, turn it on and, and get the win late, and that didn't happen. And and with the Oklahoma game, we like I, I said it before, it wasn't a must-win game, but we were desperate. And you, know, and you talk about the Oklahoma game, the difference between our win uh, versus TCU and Texas being them, Texas was a neutral spot. There's a rivalry, so Oklahoma knew what they were getting into. TCU was in Fort Worth. We were in Norman on the road, night game, where we were underdogs, mm-hmm. and we went in the hostile environment and, and basically took their soul. We, we, we imposed our will. So that speaks a lot prior to us playing them. And a lot of people forget, you know, college football is a copycat league. I guarantee TCU watched film of our game and, uh, and, and implemented a lot of stuff that we did on both sides of the ball and did it just as good, if not better, yep. to be Oklahoma. Yep, I, I'm with you. And the, the jury is still out, but K-State may have broken. Oklahoma. We'll find out when they play KU on Saturday. If KU goes down there and wins that game, there's going to be some unhappy people uh, in Norman. Let's let's get into the offense a little bit and and go through position groups. Um, Offensive line. You lose Taylor Potier. Andrew Langang's been out. Who was a rotational piece. He's back now. But you have 
KT Leviston at left tackle, Cooper BB at guard, Hayden Gillum at center, Pan- Hadley Panzer at right guard, Christian Duffy at right tackle. As a whole, what is your grade on the offensive line? As of right now, I'm going to go with B. And the reason I say B, um, this group continues to get better every week. And, you know, we, we have a couple of losses, not losses, a couple of players. Uh, we're losing from injury early, and this group is starting to gel uh, even more so. They've done really well so far, and I have no doubt moving forward they will continue to get better. And at the end of the season, I think I'll be telling you they're A+. Plus. Right now, they're a B. And as far as MVP of that group, it's Cooper BB. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there he has been outstanding. He's been everything K-State wanted and more. Mm-hmm. He's definitely turning himself into an NFL draft prospect. I think he's got to be a first-round draft pick. There's no way that he's not. He could go in tomorrow and play in the NFL. He's that good. He's been the MVP. I'm with you. I'm around a B as well. But um, the offensive line has a lot of improving to do. I don't think there's any question about that. But they're still relatively inexperienced together, I guess you could say. Hayden Gillum's a first-time starter. Mm-hmm. Panzer is a first-time starter. Leviston is a first-time full starter. Mm-hmm. So they're still trying to gel. They're going to get better as the season goes on. Yep. Um, let's talk about the running backs. And, <laughs> I mean, really, Deuce Vaughn is who we're talking about mm-hmm. here. And he's been on a, a touchdown. Uh, he was on a touchdown streak. Now he's on a touchdown drought. Yeah. He goes for 172 yards against Texas Tech. Gets held to 23 against Iowa State. But he also is dinged up. I think that is probably an yeah. accumulation of everything. Um, and, and DJ Gins has stepped in and, and yeah. done a really good job as the number two running back. But what are you thinking about the running backs? I, I give him an A. And the reason being, um, DJ hasn't, hasn't had the opportunity to show consistently what he's capable of. But whenever he's came in the game, there's not been a letdown. He's not the same dynamic as Deuce, but he is very effective of what he does. And I guarantee defenses are aware this kid's physical. You know, we better bring it. And with Deuce, he, he has shown that he's a complete player. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people forget that. And the running backs, what do they do? They run the ball. They score touchdowns. They make fantastic moves. They ooh and ah. It's, it's the crowd pleaser. But Deuce has shown without a doubt he is a complete back. He blocks well. He uh, runs the ball well. He does pass pro well. He's, he's a great back out the backfield. So I give those guys an A. I do too. He does the little things right. Yep. That's what makes Deuce Vaughn special. And on top of being just an outstanding human being, yes. you can't say enough things about what Deuce Vaughn has meant for this program. I'm with you. He That's an A for the running backs as well. At the wide receiver position, this is <laughs> this is interesting, Ugh. right? Because they've done some nice things. Yeah. Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks catch have – Go for over 100 yards against Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, only at least at 10 points, but right. you're really only playing three guys. Yeah. And I don't think that's something that you or I saw coming into this season. Um, Colin Klein has talked about we're going to play the three guys that we think have deserved it, mm-hmm. that we think have earned it. Now, does that mean that these three guys are so much better than the rest of the guys? I don't know. No. I, I, I don't know, but I think they like what they have at receiver. I still think we're trying – we need to see more yeah. from them in order for me to feel comfortable about this group. Yeah, and what you notice about the three guys that are starting, um, Malik Knows, um, uh, Brooks, and Kay Warner, they're all veteran guys, and they've all been kind of battle-tested. And I think that's the separation for the most part. Now, they're all capable. They're all great, phenomenal athletes. But I think what Colin sees and what and Adrian Martinez sees, they're going to do it right. They, they understand how to line up properly. They're going to block well. They're going to run the right routes. They understand what's going on. So they won't be in a situation where I don't know what's going on. Some kid may be sitting behind them who may be more dynamic and in the future going to be a great player for us. But right now, those three are probably the most 
ready to play the schedule that we're doing and make the adjustments that go on throughout the game. So I can see that being the reason why those are the three main receivers. Now, um, as a grade, I'm going to give them a C. Mm-hmm. And, and because I feel like they, they need to produce more. And like I said, they have the capability and they've all scored in different realms, more so special teams or plays that busted plays or whatnot. But I need I need consistency oh, and, and we need more more points. We need more touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm going to say C. And I think the same can be said for tight ends. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. kind of throwing them in there as well. But I, I would give that group. Probably around the same. Um, like to see a little bit more with Ben Sennett and Sammy yes. Wheeler, but you know I feel like they've done enough. But try and do more, right? Yeah. Got to get to that next level. Um, Adrian Martinez. Uh, this is interesting because it's a tale of two seasons, right? Yeah. I mean, it's through six games, we've seen Adrian be okay for three games mm-hmm. and really good for another three games. Right. I tend to think he's more of the really good. Yeah. I think he can keep this up. If I have to give Adrian a grade as on the season, it's tough. Yeah. Right, because. I almost have to give him a B because we've seen him have that, what, C minus D effort, mm-hmm. and we've seen him have that A effort. Yep. I would give him right now a B with a potential to finish the season a lot higher than that. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think a B is a good balance. Like the first couple of games, he didn't need to be great. Well, you know, Tulane, he wasn't great, but the first two games prior to that, he didn't need to be great. And so there wasn't a reason to really show him to be great because everybody else kind of dominated and took care of their job. And then when there was time we needed him to be great, he showed up, you know. But right now, I think there was a balance between, man, A-plus and, man, C. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely I'll go to B and hope that he continues to improve. On the defensive side of the ball, um, We'll throw the secondary into one because yeah. I think that the cornerbacks have been really solid. Yeah. I think the safeties have been really solid, but there's so many guys that are interchangeable at both that corner and safety position. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we like we talked to talked at the start of the show. That was a major question mark. Monty, I'm ready to give this group an A. I'm with you. I'm going to go A minus. And, and the reason I say A minus, because there are times where there are still mental errors. Uh, you can see guys kind of point. And it's not the starters, it's some of the guys that rotate in, you know, but they're a whole group. But and the guys who do come off the bench play so much, you have to look at them somewhat in a starting role, even though they, they don't start the game on the field. They're in third series, second series, whatnot. So I'm with you on that, but A minus, but I am more than happy. With the secondary play, they've been outstanding. There's, it's impossible to pick an MVP <laughs> from that group. We talked about it every every week. Somebody else steps up at the linebacker position. Again, that was another question mark of this defense. But Austin Moore and Daniel Green have solidified that. Daniel Green, we haven't hardly talked about him. He's been so steady. Yeah. He's been so solid. I, I, I don't know. B plus. I go B plus, and 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 Daniel Green, he's a phenomenal player. He'll be NFL type guy as well. But you're right. A lot of teams steer clear of him, and they go out the uh, the machine more. Mm-hmm. You know. But he, he's been playing good. If I'm TCU going to the game, I'm like, maybe I go towards Green because yeah. Moore is making plays, man. He is balling, and the kid deserves more credit. And there's the linebacker court, they are good. They are. And they are good. The depth was a question mark, but I think they've solidified that just with how good Austin Moore has been. So yeah. um, I think completely blown away expectations at the linebacker position. Moving down to the defensive line as we wrap up the show here, it's hard. Because you expect so much mm-hmm. out of Felix. You expect so much out of Nate Matlack. Felix has produced, I want to say, he's five and a half sacks right. on the season. That's impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah. But you really haven't seen that other defensive end spot do much. But Eli Huggins has been really, really good. As a whole, I'll say B. I'm with you. I'm going to say B as well. Huggins is solid in the middle. He holds it down. You know, I think 
if not for injury, uh, it will be a B plus or even an A. But I think injuries played a major role in that. Mm-hmm. And they're rotating different guys. And, and at the D line, you want to keep you guys fresh. And you know, unless it's third down. You can put other guys in and kind of give your, your your studs a breather, but it's hit and miss. But definitely a B, uh, and they will improve if they can stay healthy. And moving forward, our D-line is going to be critical for us to make a run at the Big 12. Lots of improvement everywhere on the field for sure, mm-hmm. defense and offense. No game this weekend for K-State. I want to pick this TCU and Oklahoma State game Ooh. fast. Who do you have and what's your score? Well, is it is it in Okie? It's in Fort Worth. It's in Fort Worth. Ooh, man. Normally, prior to last week, I would have been heavy on Oklahoma State side. But after Tech went to Stillwater and probably should have beat Okie State because they yeah. led a large part of the game, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. TCU is coming off a tough battle, a tough win. I'll say TCU, oof, because both teams score a lot. They do. They Jeez. do. Jeez. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. 34-28. 34-28 TCU. I'm gonna pick Oklahoma State. I nice. think the Cowboys are better. I'm not sold on TCU just yet. I'm with you. I, I th- I'm not sold. I think TCU could win. Don't get me wrong. But until they prove to me they can beat somebody right. worth a dang, yeah, I'll right. take Oklahoma State. I'll say it's close. Uh, 33-30. We'll have the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys. He's got the Horn Frogs. K State will be tuned into that game. Make sure you tune in as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody. That's Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com as well as this YouTube channel. Don't forget to leave it a like. Subscribe on all the podcast platforms, and we will talk to you next Friday. Wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.